Yo, what's up? This is Patrick, and this is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. The Warriors just beat the Detroit Pistons in Detroit, and now they are 2-2 two and two coming back to Chase Center from this beginning of the season road trip. Uh, that was a fun game to watch. I'm glad they won, especially since both Blake Griffin and Killian Hayes didn't play at all in the second half. That's a game they should have won. Anyway, uh, let's start with uh, some of the good stuff. Andrew Wiggins, Maple Jordan showed up tonight. Um, I was pretty impressed with how he played. He looked good out there. And by far, uh, he was the best former Kansas small forward on the court. He played better than Kelly Oubre Jr. and Josh Jackson. I've questioned Andrew Wiggins' athleticism a few times, actually, this uh, young season so far. It always seemed like he would drive to the basket and try to lay it in softly or he couldn't get that high off the ground. He drove pretty hard today and he he threw down a really, really nasty two-handed, two-footed dunk. And I was like, okay. Okay, there's that athleticism. Uh, I would love to see that more. I think he he tried a couple other drives like that. But overall, he looked good out there. He hit a couple threes. He was active. He was driving and kicking. Honestly, like this is the guy that the Warriors were hoping they were getting. Somebody who fits better next to Steph than D'Angelo Russell. I mean, if you just look at this game, you can see why. I just hope it continues. Like, that's the important thing. Like, if his shot isn't falling, hopefully the driving kick still works. I mean, that's what's going to be really important, especially in this modified offense that Steve Kerr is implementing, the simplified offense, where it's not so much read-react, but it's just drive and kick. And he's clearly getting more familiar with Steph on the court. He's getting this comfortability. And it helps playing uh, lesser opponents like the Pistons, like the Bulls, not on national television, not in the major, major spotlight. Overall, I think we're starting to see more cohesion with the team. They seem to be knowing each other's spots a little bit better. Winning improves moods and improves effort. So that's always a positive. There's clearly a positive vibe and it looks like the bench is getting along, coming together and, uh, you know, they got each other's backs and everything. Uh, James Wiseman, he showed some good flashes tonight. Uh, Another kind of mixed night, but those flashes are what we need to see. First of all, I always tend to just look at how he looks next to these other opposing veteran centers. And next to Plumlee, uh, he looked he looked taller. He looked bigger. Uh, maybe not as wide, but again, he's, he's a young dude. And first and foremost, we have to talk about that one-man fast break that James Wiseman ended with a dunk. I mean, I loved that play. If that is something like a taste of what we are going to see <laughs> over the next several years, then I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, basically, he tipped, he blocked Plumlee's shot at uh, the Pistons' free throw line with his left hand. He didn't even gather the ball. He just took off dribbling, I think, with his right. He crossed over with his left, and then he took a few more dribbles with his right and threw it down with his right hand. All unassisted, all on his own. 
not looking out of control, running like a dude who was not seven feet tall, running like a dude who was much smaller, much more coordinated, and much more aware of his physicality. That was awesome. Wiseman's uh, stat line was relatively modest, but, you know, like when you watched him play, it was a little bit surprising because he seemed to affect the game a lot more just by being a bigger body out there. Uh, He clearly changed shots. He clearly dissuaded people from going to the rim. And, you know, he was trying more so to stay on his feet and not go for pump fakes or the big blocks. He fouled out still, but overall, you know, he showed some things. And a lot of those things are just things that come with experience, things that are correctable, that are teachable. And he was a plus 23, you know, uh, he led the team in plus minus for the night in only 20 some odd minutes. And so just imagine if he actually knew what he was doing on the court. I mean, the dude's just out there playing on instinct. A couple other things, he hit a quick jumper and I had always thought that his stroke was pretty deliberate looking. So I was wondering if he could be consistently hitting jumpers where he just catches and shoots without like catching, kind of analyzing and then shooting. So uh, that was encouraging. He missed, I think, two, his two three-pointers on the night, but, you know, they just missed law of averages. They look good. His motion looked good. They just didn't go in. And also he inadvertently elbowed Blake Griffin in the face. And I guess that put Griffin in the concussion protocol. So he was out of the game after halftime. So that's something you don't see in the box score. It was accidental, but I'm sure it helped them win somehow. Some things that are, you know, things he needs to work on. Uh, He was a bit iffy. I mean, like I said, he was better in the second half and his defense is still taking shape. Um, But at least he's showing ability, willingness and adaptability. And once Draymond is next to him on the court, it's going to get interesting. I think it's going to be fun to see just uh, having... Draymond out there helping orchestrate the defense, whereas Wiseman right now is just going on instinct and whatever he's learned on the fly in the past few weeks. Wiseman needs to work on his rebounding. I mean, he's really, really good at boxing out. If you watch him, like he is like textbook boxing out, like putting your butt in someone's uh, core and then using your arms to just hold them back. Great. But He's just not getting to the ball fast enough. And I think that led to a lot of offensive rebounds uh, for the Pistons. A lot of second chances, which put the Warriors in in a hole. He also needs to strengthen his hands a little bit. It seems like sometimes when uh, he gets his hands on the ball, whether it's a loose ball or a pass or, you know, trying to rebound, uh, it gets popped out of his hands pretty easily or he doesn't really secure uh, fastened grip on the ball. So maybe he needs to uh, hang out with Jerry Rice and catch some like flying bricks or something. And yeah, he got into foul trouble first time in, in four games. Not bad. Uh, he's a young dude. Surprised that did not happen the first three games, to be honest, just to compare him to someone like Damian Jones. I mean, Damian Jones was in foul trouble like every single game he played in. And so this is encouraging. Steph, Steph Curry looked good out there. He's rounding into form. He's looking more and more comfortable. His shot is going in. His three is going in. He feels like he's just more in a flow. He's understanding how he has to play differently with these guys and how these guys operate. So I think that's looking good. We saw a little bit more of him 
playing off ball with Brad Wanamaker. And I think we'll see a lot more of that as the season goes. Uh, one thing that was kind of interesting, just really, I think there was one play where I was really just observing Steph and he was playing point guard in a very traditional way, you know, in Steve Kerr's motion offense, it's always been kind of like he could bring up the ball and pass and just, you know, start running around the court and everything. But here there were times where he had to literally like create off the ball, like a traditional point guard, you know? I found that interesting and made me say, oh, wow, this is different. Times have changed. Eric Paschal, he looked good. He looked like he's getting comfortable playing in the second unit, uh, creating plays for himself, doing his bully ball thing uh, as a backup center. I I guess it's working so far. So uh, we'll continue to see how he goes with that. He was aggressive. He, he had a nice dunk in there. Hopefully he's getting comfortable too. Kelly Oubre, he was aggressive. He hit his first three, and then I think he missed the rest of them. So at least he's consistent. I imagine a day when both he and Andrew Wiggins are hitting shots, and that's where the potential of this Warriors offense lies that we haven't seen yet. So they're back at home. They got a homestand coming up, and uh, maybe 2021 will be kinder to the Golden State Warriors. Overall, the defense looks better. It seemed like they were aggressive. Again, they were playing the Pistons, so uh, hopefully you look good against them. They left 10 points on the free throw line. Yeah, maybe it's just a bad shooting night. In general, it seems like the Warriors are a pretty solid free throw shooting team, so it was just one of those nights. Luckily, it didn't come into play in the final score, but for a while, it looked like it might. So hopefully uh, they just clean that up. And... Still no Kent Bazemore. I have a wild guess. I have a guess that maybe they weren't playing Bazemore so much because they wanted to see as much of Jordan Poole as possible just to make sure they wanted to exercise his third-year option. And they did tonight. It was the, the deadline. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing, we'll probably see a little bit more Kent Bazemore in the next game on the homestand. We'll see. Anyway, the Warriors are looking a little bit better. They look more like a team, and they look like they're having fun. Winning brings smiles to everybody's faces, I guess. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and feel free to give me a shout on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, and check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.